Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to 5001, the Leicester City podcast from The Athletic. Joining me, as always, is former Leicester City captain and the man who chose Martin O'Neill over Graham Souness. It's Mr. Matt Elliott. How are you, Matt? I'm very good, Rob. Hope you're the same. Great research, by the way. That is going way back in history. And uh, where have you dug that out from? Well, I've got to confess it's our producer, Joel, who's uh, dug that one out. And I'd just love to hear that story. I suspected as much. I, I knew it was uh, too too detailed for you to to be able to drag <laughs> out of, of the annals. But um, oh right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, it sounds a bit um, derogatory towards Graham Soonis, doesn't it? But it actually wasn't. But it's quite a funny little story around it. It, it goes. It harks back way back to when I was just about to sign um, to a club from Oxford United. There was a few. Clubs involved. Leicester, obviously, Southampton was one of them. Graham Soonis was manager at the time. Crystal Palace as well. Harry Bassett, the manager. And it all came to a bit of a head. For all intents and purposes, I thought I was going to sign for Southampton. I went down to the south coast. I'm from South London Way. Um, you know, Graham Soonis, everything that there is about him, uh, you know, within the game as a player and a manager. And I went down there, you know, pretty much with the sole intent of going down and signing Went down, was warmly received by Graham Soonis, but just Graham Soonis, no one else. I thought, well, that's fine, that's okay. I would have been the record signing for Southampton, as I turned out to be for Leicester, um, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, the, the strange thing was, I went in, and Graham Soonis invited me into his office, and I was like, okay, okay. And I was a little bit intimidated by him and his stature within the game. And he said, uh, yeah. This club's a little bit tin pot, you know. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> What's going? He says, yeah. He says, record signing, the club's history. Here you are. And he said, the director of football and the chairman can't be asked to turn up and make an effort. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. And he said, typical of the way things are run down here. He said, a nice part of the world, decent little club. But apart from that, it's all a little bit of a myth about how the club is run. And I was thinking, and he said, anyway, let me tell you about my Tuesday club at the Anfield days with, with Kevin Keegan and Toshak and all this. And I was like, oh, right, OK. <laughs> I thought he was meant to be selling the club to me. And as it turns out, I thought, well, I came out of that meeting thinking, I'm going to speak to Martin O'Neill at the very least. And um, obviously I ended up signing for Leicester because Martin and his men were polar opposites. They met me at a... At the services at midnight on the M40 um, with a big entourage. It was his, his coach, his assistant manager, John Robertson, Steve Walford, the coach, Tom um, Tom Welford, the uh, the chairman as well. And, you know, it was just totally different. And he convinced me to sign for Leicester straight away. But it's a good job I didn't sign for Southampton, to be honest, because Graham Soonis left a week later for Torino. So perhaps <laughs> he was trying to tell me something after all. 
And it was good for us as well because you wouldn't be here talking about Leicester City with us. It would have been down south with Southampton doing their podcast. But uh, we're glad to have you. We're glad you chose uh, Leicester, Matt. Um, and we've got loads to discuss again this week so with that performance uh, at the weekend against Sheffield United. Before we get underway, because we're going to talk about the attack, we're going to talk about the defence and we're going to preview the FA Cup as well. But uh, just got a, a little subscription offer to let the uh, listeners know about. Right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features written by me from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod. Right, Matt, let's get into the uh, Sheffield United victory. A really comfortable victory in the end. A great time to be playing the uh, Blunty Blazers. It lost Chris Wilder there, the man that masterminded their rise back to the Premier League. It's been a torrid season for them. Uh, but the way Leicester City went around the job, I mean, Chris Wilder's side haven't conceded more than three goals or lost by more than three goal margin under Wilder. So, uh, that, and it could have been six, seven, eight. It could have been yeah. it could have been another Southampton, couldn't it, on the day. It was very impressive. And uh, no, certainly in particular was Kalecha Iheanacho with his hat-trick. Here's Perez. Vardy. Gets there ahead of Basham Iheanacho. Uh, he's on a phenomenal run of form, the best run of form in his Leicester City career. Well, so many positives uh, about the, the game, wasn't there? And you know, not just the result, the performance, the way they went about it. Um, the standout feature being the, the contribution of Kalecci and Nacho that you mentioned there. Yeah, it's wonderful for him. And you know, we've spoken about him in different contexts, you know, on and off throughout the season. Um, we said a while ago, didn't we? You know, he, he's going to have. A big effect on on how Leicester's season goes, but, you know, regardless of whether Vardy stays fit throughout the entire campaign or not, he's going to have a contribution either alongside or instead of when when Vardy needs that rest, which inevitably any player would. Um, but he's getting more games than, than he probably would have expected, and well done to him, you have to say, because you know the way he's stuck at stuck at the task really because. Again, we've mentioned it previously. You know, he could play in times gone by exceptionally well, score a brace, shall we say, and find himself on the bench next week as Vardy's back from suspension. That's not the case now, is it? He's had a he's had a run of games. He's, he's produced consistently, more consistently than Jamie Vardy, ironically. Um, and you know, there's a confidence from the manager and from the rest of the players regarding. Kalecci and that show now, you know, they, they don't feel like, oh, we hope it's one of his good days or they're carrying him a touch. No, he's a fully fledged member. And he's worked really hard to achieve that status within the squad because it's been so difficult to stop, start, in and out. And that's difficult for any player, really, and especially when someone who's got Jamie Vardy in front of them. But, you know, the way things, the injury front has transpired, it's almost forced Brennan Rogers' hand, hasn't it? But he was... Um, you know, he, he was superb at the weekend. His general play as well, I think it was a conscious ploy by Leicester to make use of that front pair and and make more runs in behind, stretch Sheffield United, and which ultimately opened up space for Jose Perez to help create the first goal. And it was, you know, it was something I was looking at early on. There were long balls going over the top, trying to find their man. But as much as anything, in my regard, they were trying to make a bit of a statement 
Right, go on, we're going to test you out. Shivering night, it dropped, space opened up, the goals came flowing. But it, as well as, I mean, the scoreline itself, you're right, it was the ideal time to play Sheffield night. Sooner or later, teams in that position that the Blades have found themselves, they have a little bit of a capitulation, don't they? It all becomes too much. And maybe not for the remainder of the season, but across a period of games and, you know, the battle, the struggle, week in, week out, takes its toll. On top of that, their inspiration, their general, Chris Wilder is no longer at the helm and it's uh, it, was, it, was, it was too tough an ask for them, wasn't it? And Leicester, as you rightly mentioned there, like, didn't even go for the throat, really. They could have absolutely pulverised them if the need required. But I thought they were quite patient, quite controlled, quite considered. And, you know, once they got the first goal, that was pretty much game over. OK, the scoreline is still slightly precarious. But, you know, they just turned it up a notch little by little, didn't they? And, you know, could have, well, they could have hung drawn and quartered Sheffield United, really, if they wanted to, didn't they? But five will do, not bad at all, you know bouncing into the weekend against Man United in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. Well, what strikes me about Kelechi Inacho is that he's so frustrating sometimes. You can see him and he <laughs> looks every inch the £25 million man from Manchester City. He looks every inch the guy that has these stats in 76 starts in all competitions for Man City and Leicester. He's been directly involved in 51 goals, scoring 37 and supplying 14 assists. Now, when he's been played up top as the lone number nine, he hasn't quite convinced or he's been quite inconsistent. And one of the big factors is what you just said there about inconsistency of games. You know, he can get a little little run of games and then he's out yeah, the side. And, huge, and he always, huge. it is, it must be because he seems to me to be a confidence player. And I know all footballers are confidence players ultimately. But some are particularly so, and if they don't have that self inner self belief, then they can look a shadow of the player that they really are, as Kletchy did at Crystal Palace. But I just wonder, and I did this in the article, whether playing alongside somebody, playing alongside Jamie Vardy, eases the pressure on him, allows him to build up his confidence, but also it's breathing a little bit of new life into Jamie Vardy at the time when he's struggling for goals, he's struggling to get back up to full pace after that hernia operation, one goal in 15 games. And his role changed a little bit. He became more of a supplier to Kelechi. And again, this was an incredible day for, for Jamie, although he, he should have scored. He knows he should have scored on the day. He's just going through one of those runs. Uh, but he became the sixth player to register 100 goal involvements in the Premier League after turning th uh, th 30. So that's 81 goals and 20 assists. And the two of them, as a partnership, just seemed to click. And we haven't seen that a lot as those two as a pair. Yeah, and I think all those points you make are all valid in their own respects. Um, whether it, well, it wasn't necessarily planned, was it, by Brendan Rodgers? You know, we're giving credit where we can, but but the, his hand was forced, as I mentioned before. Really, you know, the only two attacking bodies that he pretty much had at his disposal is Vardy and Iheanacho. So had no choice but to put them together. Um, you know, most people know that. His preferred way of football is well four three three or the four two three one etc. You know permutations of that ideally, but he's always talked about flexibility within his squad, hasn't he, Brendan? And the team is showing it yet again. You know they've reverted to this back three previously, um, albeit with just the one striker early in the season, more often than not. But now you know almost like three five two if you like or three four one two, and it's. Uh, 
yeah, it, it suits the personnel that are available, doesn't it? You know, you're not shoehorning people in throughout the team. But in that attacking area, yeah, it, I, I 100% agree. First and foremost, it's massive. Getting a run of games for Ian Atcher. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying about mentality. He doesn't seem to have that, you know, that ruthless sort of self-belief that regardless of what the events are, Jamie Vardy backs himself, doesn't he? He goes out there and yeah, he, he looks sort of mean-faced and determined, doesn't he? And Kelechi doesn't give off that aura. It's not to say he's not, because the way he's stuck at the task throughout his time at Leicester is, is commendable. But... Um, yeah, yeah, it's. I think he he finds the load of being a lone striker, you know, a little bit, little bit beyond him. Maybe he's capable. He's capable, but maybe not over a period of time at Premier League level. But um, he wasn't necessarily bought as that was he. I think he was initially when he was bought. He was bought to supplement Vardy. I think as much as anything in and around him, and he's, he's showing, you know, his, his real abilities now and. That record you just mentioned there, but was it 37 in 76 starts? Yeah, yeah. Um, one in two, effectively. That's up there with top-class centre-forwards, isn't it? And, and you know, and that, that hasn't always been, again, on a run of game. It's like games here and there. So that, that's not a bad effort, not a bad return at all. And I think probably myself and yourself included, you know, we've been a little bit quick to criticise or... You know, assume that Ian Acho is is not the the second striker that Leicester need, but he can certainly. I don't know. He's, you know, he's going a fair way to one proving people wrong, but two putting his case forward. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Hello, listeners. Sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favor to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits, and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. Jose Perez. Let's talk about a little bit about Jose because uh, he's scored three goals in his last 29 Premier League games for Leicester and all have come against Sheffield United. So it was the perfect afternoon for him. But again, necessity, he was dropped in. As that number nine, I, I believe uh, the youngster Sidney Tavares was going to play because Iosi's coming back from inj- injury and uh, wasn't quite 100%. He said that himself after the game. But that was a great performance as well. The, the little pockets he found, uh, threading the little passes through as well uh, and, and obviously getting his goal. That was a good a good uh, performance from Iosi Perez as well and I'm glad to have him back. Yeah, very much so. He, he was 
hugely influential as well, wasn't he? As were a number of players. But yeah, I was doing a co-commentary on the game and I was asked, you know, before, you know, what are you looking for from Jose Perez? And I said, I want some devilment, you know, some bit of gusto and aggressiveness about his game a little bit. He's got a beautiful touch on the ball. Um, but sometimes because he's a little bit, I don't know, shall we say weak in possession at times, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's not a big, strong guy, etc. but you can still use yourself in a physical manner and be strong on the ball. And I think he gets knocked off it and a little bit lightweight on too many occasions. And he runs out the sort of belief in himself and it goes, you know, his game goes downhill a little bit throughout the match itself and more often than not he comes off and his shoulders slump and it's groundhog day a little bit with him but um and i feared the worst after the first 10 minutes because i was watching him quite closely because i thought he would be integral to how leicester's fortunes went uh, against sheffield united you know the front two were buzzing around they were stretching the back three stroke five of, of sheffield united but it was then you know, that was being sort of nullified a little bit. It wasn't quite working, but it was opening up space that wasn't being utilised. And he was just trundling around for the first 10 minutes. And I thought, here we go. Is he fit? You know, is he properly up for it? Or has he been sort of thrown in? Uh, or needs must. But then it just clicked into gear. And I was literally commenting on that situation in terms of like, uh, Perez needs to pick up space, uh, pull off Norwood with Sheffield United's defence stretched and he did so, you know, superbly well, fed Jamie Vardy in, slides it across the six yard but in actually there we know the rest. And from that moment on, Leicester were, you know, were cruising pretty much. And Perez was was a big part of, of the next next part of the game. And he, he showed his full array really, picking up good positions, lovely touch, taking the ball on the half turn, almost sort of Madison-esque at times. And then you know, sliding people in. I actually thought he took the wrong option when he scored the goal because he, he, he had so much time and space, and he had he sort of deliberated a little bit, and he, he could have driven onto his left foot and had a strike, not his strongest point, or he could have slid uh, a runner in. But then he, he went almost into a bit of a cul-de-sac. I thought, but then he's 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 hit a beautiful strike. I mean, by his own admission, he said that he think it took a little tiny deflection. I think it was Fleck who was coming back at him, which actually helped bend and spin the ball into the far corner. But uh, take your credit where it's due. Uh, it, was, it was a lovely goal, wasn't it? And a, and a very good all-round performance. And, you know, all of a sudden, he's got a bounce in his step as well. Absolutely. I mean, I was sat right behind that as he as he uh, as he shot, and you're right. I didn't I didn't spot the uh, deflection at the time, but the way he bent it and curled it the outside of his right foot was superb. But also the fact that you said about you wanted to see more aggression from him. And he put in a couple yeah. of thunderous tackles yeah. in the first half that you would associate with him. And I looked at the um, stats for, because I've had done a feature as well, looking at that back three, which we're going to discuss next. And uh, he was right up there, the most tackles in the game, up with uh, Wesley Fofana, four each. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, well, there you go. Case, you would never have guessed that. Uh, yeah, but let's talk. It, it wouldn't let's... be from the first 10 minutes, Rob. I know that. But <laughs> there, there was one instance where he was going forward, he was carrying the ball, and he's not the quickest. And Lundstrom, who's strong and powerful, isn't he? Came back into the Sheffield United sort of right-back area, nicked the ball off Iose, and I thought, here we go. A little bit soft in possession. Iose, he, he was almost like, he'd had the moment. He, 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 he turned, rolled his sleeves up, 
turned around, chased back after Lundstrom, nicked the ball back, and Leicester had a half an opportunity to go off. It was when Vardy hit it wide. And from that moment onwards, he was a changed man. And I hope it continues. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the back three. Because um, we've had Fafana, Sue and, Sue and Evans, three top centre-backs at the club. But we haven't seen them start a game together in the five months they've been at the club since Fafana signed. So that was the first opportunity, mainly because of injuries and suspensions. But that was the first opportunity for Brendan to have a look at them as a back three. Now, and again, I know it was Sheffield United down on their look. Uh, I mean, I think that's half time. They had an XG, an expected goals ratio of 0.00, which is the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah, um, say, can, you, can you have minus on that one? <laughs> but uh, that back three, I mean, you played in a very famous Leicester back three with Jerry and Steve Walsh. Um, but those three looked to complement each other so well. You've got the physicality of Suyuncu, you've got the experience that, and the guidance of Johnny Evans on the inside, then you've got the athleticism, the raw um, the raw ability of, of Fafana. But what I also liked about it as well, and I've highlighted it again in a piece that we've done, that Fafana was able to drift out into a right-back position and make it a, a, a back four at times when, when needs must. Yeah, I mean, you're right there. You've got... You know, all the components, haven't you? They're quite intimidating, quite formidable, in, in, in all honesty. I mean, the back five is, and extend that to a back six or even a back seven with Wilfred and Didi. Um, what, a, what a platform, you know, to, to, from which to work from. They're, they're, you know, it's incredible. For, for a club like Leicester to have that quality within the team, that's before you start talking about the creative and tacking side of the game. But, yeah, Brendan Rodgers must be sort of rubbing his hands in glee. Obviously, he, he's been the chief orchestrator of of collecting these players, but, you know, it's sort of all come together, hasn't it? And it's so difficult to... I mean, it suits Leicester at the moment to play that back three. Who do you rest, stroke, drop, uh, omit from the team uh, if you play a back four? I mean, at the moment, I still think it's because of his experience and his nous. It's still Evans and A and other. But at the moment, he's persisting with the back three and I fully expect him to do so again against Man United this weekend, uh, which I think is the right ploy up against him. But uh, yeah, you've got everything. You've got everything. Pace with the two outside centre-halves. I, I don't know. that There aren't too many quicker centre-halves. It's no exaggeration, probably in world football. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying there aren't, but they're, they're, they're not there by the bucket load. Uh, certainly two out of three. And, you know, Evans is no slouch. He covers the ground pretty well, but he reads it superbly. You know, how often do you see him getting caught out? Hardly at all, if any. But you're right there. Both players, for Fana more than Soyuncu, perhaps, you know, sort of comfortable receiving the ball in wide areas. You know, you, you think he could play sort of an auxiliary right back, don't you, if, if required. Um, but Sionchu can play a bit, as we all know. You know, he's got a little bit on the ball. He likes to demonstrate that every now and then. But he tries to play with a purpose as well. Both are capable, and I think this is key, of driving forward with the ball as well. You know, if you just stand there in your position um, and, and do your defensive work and nothing else, the system can leave you a little bit short at times. But... Drive forward. Fafana did it on a couple of occasions. So not so much at the weekend, but he's capable of it. And he commits that that 
um, opponent, and then you just pop it round and bang, and you're at the at the defence, and it's more open. It, you know, it's that simple at times. But uh, they're both capable of that. They're both athletic. They're both strong, aggressive, talented. All three are decent in the air, more than decent in the air. And I don't know of a finer trio of centre halves. I suppose Man City will contest that with Diaz, Laporte, and Stones if they employ the back three. But um, and perhaps all right, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm chewing, chewing the fat here. Liverpool with Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip, maybe. But that's the level you're talking. Liverpool, Man City, and Leicester. Unbelievable defence, defensive unit they've got. And they weren't tested at the weekend, though, were they, Rob? I mean, <laughs> no. Sharp and Burke couldn't move in further apart from each other. They were just sort of looking over each other's shoulder going, get me out of here sort of thing. But um, they will have bigger tests and this weekend will be one of them. But uh, well capable. And Leicester should not be embarrassed as well about playing a back five at times. Uh, uh, for instance, at the weekend. You know, soak up the pressure. That's fine. That's fine. You know, Man United will... Will be doing well, you know. To, to I, I thought a few times Man United broke Leicester down a little bit too easy last time they played and nearly got in a few times without even playing that well. Leicester have that extra man to come around and cover could be hugely beneficial, and I think it's the right way to go forward at the weekend. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. But let's look at the FA Cup because and we've spoken to it about it in previous podcasts. It is such a, an important um, competition for this club because of the four times in the final, never actually winning it. Five times they've reached the quarter the quarterfinals and never not progressed beyond that. Uh, the last time they were in a semi final of the FA Cup was nineteen eighty two. It's it's that holy grail of a competition now for Leicester fans, having won the Premier League, having tasted a bit of Champions League. I'm sure every Leicester fan would love to see a Leicester City captain lift that cup, Matt. Oh, it'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Um, hopefully this season, although the prospect of going to Wembley, an empty Wembley, as it could possibly be, is uh, slightly strange. But it, it doesn't detract from the desire to win the competition, does it? Uh, although it might take away from the, you know, the glamour and the, certainly the occasion. But uh, listen, we can't be quibbling about such things. You know, if Leicester were to go on and win it, it'd be a magnificent achievement. At, Ideally, the fans are involved. It's just, I know that's not the point we're, we're discussing at the moment. But it's such a shame, isn't it? You know, oh yeah, FA Cup semi-finals and and finals. But uh, hey ho, that's the way it is. But uh, yeah, listen, uh, Leicester have, have done pretty well in the competition. You know, 
on an aggregate score, if you like, in, in the last few years. And they've been a couple of quarterfinals. Chelsea have come unstuck against on a couple of occasions. You know, no, no embarrassment there. But it would be lovely to go a few steps further, wouldn't it? And, you know, why not? Why not? They, they, they've shown that they can compete. I enjoyed the game last time out, Leicester against Man U, because I thought Leicester didn't just try and contain. I didn't think they played at their best. They didn't just try and contain. They tried to you know, not go toe-for-toe, toe, but you know, evenly contest against Man United. They've sort of proven their capabilities now to an extent. And I think at the weekend, they'll do so again, but in a different way, a different system. They might box a little bit cleverer. You know, they Like I say, with that back three, just soak up a little bit of pressure. Man United won't come flying at them. It'll be a tactical affair again. I imagine it to be pretty close, but it'll be on the day who gets the edge. But you know, Leicester are in that sort of company these days. It, it used to be, even even in the in the title winning season. Let's get it right. It was a surprise if Leicester beat Man City or Man United or you know something like that. It was a big occasion. It upset the odds. Now, Man City may be okay at the moment as they are, but if Leicester beat any other team, you know, it's, it's not a a huge upset. There are people they will be close in the betting odds together at the weekend, and uh, you know that's testament to how much the club has progressed under Brendan Rodgers. It's great stuff. And going into a quarter final against Man United, uh, how much better does it get? And especially thinking we've got every chance of getting through. Not saying, oh, we played Man United in the FA Cup, and think of talk about it ten years later. Let's talk about beating them and then winning the semi final. And then maybe doing something special in the final. But Leicester are capable of it this year. And they haven't got Europa League uh, game in the build-up to this tie as well. And Man United are off to Milan as we as we speak, as we record a this A big podcast. factor, yeah, a big factor. Yeah, that right. could be a big factor on Sunday as well. Um, well, it's been a, it's a five o'clock kickoff on Sunday, so they get a few more hours to recover. But still, that could be a big benefit because we saw how much energy uh, and a spring in Leicester's step they had, having had the first free week for two months last week. So fingers yeah. crossed that's going to be a factor. Yeah, oh, it's huge, I think. And, you know, you're right to point that out and, just thinking, like I say, it's a big occasion for Man, Man United are going to play the, the strongest team, you would imagine, in, in both games. You know, it can't really, oh, perhaps one or two bits of tinkering and tweaking, but, you know, but they, they have, despite having, you know, a big squad, they have got a sort of first 11 stroke 13 within that squad, haven't they? And who turns out for the big games. Um, and they don't come much bigger than. Okay, it should be Champions League, not Europa League, but AC Milan in Europe, they're not going to want to lose that. Um, and then in the weekend, obviously, FA Cup quarterfinal speaks for itself. So, Fernandez is the man, isn't he? Really, you know, he's got his critics and his supporters, but you know, like him or loathe him, he's a, he's a massive influence, and you know, maybe he's a little bit jaded. On, at the weekend, Wilfred and Dealey could do a little bit of a job. That three at the back again can block up the openings that he's he's good at finding or appearing in. And I think you know if they can if they can keep him quiet on the on the on the day, every chance got every chance because I expect Leicester to score one goal at least. Well, fingers crossed, Matt, that uh, we get another victory 
on Sunday and next week we could be reflecting on a, a trip to Wembley for the FA Cup semi-final. Matt, thank you very much for joining us again this week and to all our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in as well. Pleasure, Rob. Speak soon, mate. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.